Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Yeah, part two. I'm coming in hot, nigga. Uh, here we go. I want to hear um, you get him. Get him. Get him. Um, speaking, we were going to talk about uh, well, before okay, before well, okay, fuck it, I'll save that. We were going to talk about Cornell West, who you said you like. Um, he's interesting. He's an interesting cat, man. No, listen, man. I I said it before. I I, I said. If 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 debate could be pay per view TV, I would pay money to see Cornell West or Dyson take on Candace Owen. Like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not equipped to to take her on. I, but I think they would destroy her, and I would love to see her destroyed. Um, but Cornell West was upset when Obama gave the race speech. Because of what happened with, uh, I forget the black dude's name, who who was trying to get into his own house. And oh, the cop arrested him. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot his name as well. Yeah. He's uh, the, the uh, professor. At, uh, yes. Yeah. And he gave, Obama gave that race speech. And he said uh, he was upset because he tried to say that white people's frustration was equivalent to black people in terms of what slavery and Jim Crow and its effects have had insinuating Obama wasn't being truthful while there may have, while there may be some injustices that white people feel they have endured, whether it's losing a job to a black person because of a quota or having to bust their kids to school across town or because of the benefits that some black people have gotten simply for being black because some white people feel that they didn't directly play a part in suffering in black people uh, uh, in terms of black people's history is unfair to them. And Cornel West made the point uh, was that while those white people feel it's unfair, they, and you've said this Andy all the time, they have benefited from slavery and Jim Crow. And that's what Obama should have said. But could have he, could he said that? Could it be? Could it be? Yeah, that's you, just what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, last. yeah, we did. That was the last episode. Uh, um, but could he? He couldn't. He couldn't because. And I and I thought about this, and I have some. I have some interesting things. But I want you to. I want you to make your point because I, I. I think I have some. I have a perspective that. Again, it's it's the same point, and 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 listen. I get where Cornell West is coming from, and I'm not even saying in terms of his feelings, he's wrong. But I remember Cornell West said something to the point where Obama said to him, Obama actually said to Cornell West, I'm not as radical as you. And if this were anything else, God, I hate saying this because here's where it feels like, um, as some people have described me, caping for white people. I'm kowtowing to white people. I get the fact that we want to be, yeah, brother, but again, we talking about 
trying to be president of the United States and the bigger picture and, and, and the end justifying the means. So nobody is saying that Cornell West isn't right in regards to his feelings. But if Obama is so one-sided in saying the truth that we suffer in terms of what the goal is, then what are we doing? And again, I hate saying this. I'm almost feeling like I'm holding my hat in my hand and, and 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 I'm shrinking. Because I get where Cornell West is coming from. And, and, and while I understood where Obama was coming from in terms of, yeah, I understand there's some white angst about, hey, I didn't, my, my family didn't own slaves. I don't believe in segregation and all the fucked up shit that black people have endured. I know it's wrong, but I personally didn't play a part in that. And I feel like I'm suffering. So I get what Obama was trying to say in terms of, look, white people, I hear your pain as far as some of that goes. And there's certainly a certain amount of black pain as far as that goes. And I think to Cornell West's point, he was saying black rage and what we've had to deal with far outweighs white people's angst. And Obama needed to say that. But if Obama says that, then do we accomplish the goal? Well, no. And here's what, and here's why. And, and I think, I, I think I, I, I'm probably not going to get it right, but I want to try it anyway. Um, I thought about this a lot. I mean, I really took my time to try to get through this. And you already know that I understand. Um, as you said, I've said everybody has benefited from the history of America, the past. So if you're white and you, 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 you have benefited from slavery in this country. Uh, it, it, whether it's indirectly or directly, you still benefit. So here, so knowing that, I, knowing that, I have to explain it like this. I've really thought about this, and I and I said it this way. Um, have you ever have you ever been starved, starving? Have you ever starved? Have you ever not eaten for eight? Aiden, have you ever not ate for four or five days? Have you ever been starving? <clears throat> Nigga, look at my waistline. Okay. So, if you saw someone hungry, and you have seen people hungry. You have a rationale. Well, they should do this or they could do that or they could. But the empathy isn't always there because you don't understand hunger. In that in that deepest part of hunger, you understand what it's like to be hungry. But you don't understand how it's not how to not nourish yourself. And when you have nowhere to go and when there's nothing there to eat. That's something you don't understand. So when Obama's having this conversation. And Cornell West hears this, and West hears it is in what should be said in his feelings from what he understands because of his own relationship to his personal hunger. And when I say hunger, now I'm saying to what's happened in his community and what he's felt. He can articulate that and feel that and articulate it to everyone in the community that he's involved with. But how do you explain that to a coal miner who is in the North. His family's never had anything to do with slavery, has never had anything to do with it. And generational coal miners died early, young cancer, whatever. And they're working hard. White beat white, these white coal miners and they're not, and they see other things happening and they don't understand it. And they don't understand because they, what they, what they'll never understand is that when the country was formed, and when cotton was the, the the dollars of this country, when it generated our economic force, and that all came from uh, from from black from slave owners, and that all that work came from black slaves, that drove the economy of the United States, which actually affected them, who has developed all of that. So that they don't see, they just see what their work is. So to try to explain that to them in a speech, in a conversation would not move what he needed to move. If you have never experienced hunger, I can't explain hunger to you. He explained it, and this is why I think Obama was was able to articulate this and where Cornell West gets upset. He was able to find a thread that he could at least share to get somebody 
in that white category that doesn't understand, doesn't see their responsibility, doesn't feel that, not because they're racist, but because they don't have the empathy to understand it because they don't get it that way. He was able to give them that. And he was also able to bridge that. But for someone like Cornel, Cornel West, who sees it completely different and rightfully so, that wasn't enough for him. But that was also too much for some other white people. He had to find the middle where you can actually accomplish, like you said, the goal and win an election so that he can win something and take that and take his uh, his empathy and his understanding of what America is and move that forward. But in and because of who he was and living in both worlds, having feet in both worlds, he was able to figure that out and how he could say that to each other. Cornell West can't understand that because he doesn't have that same understanding that way. He has what his understanding is. Right. It, it's very, this is what makes Barack amazing to me. And I don't know if other people are going to agree with me or disagree with me. And it's, it's my interpretation of how I lived in this world. But I, 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 I when I heard him say, I was like, well, that's a, I, to Cornell West point. I agreed with him. It was light. What he get, what he, he tried to balance with what white history has to do with it. The, the key word, you just said it balance. Yeah. There's no way he becomes president. If he doesn't balance. Right. And, 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 and to the dismay of a Cornell West or an Eric Dyson or to a lot of the black community. That's the game he's got to play. That's the strategy. He cannot be what y'all wanted him to be and just be this beret wearing black leather glove, black leather jacket, shaft, militant. I'm going to give it to Whitey. Nigga, he cannot do that. Not if he wants to represent the whole country. And, and you know, win. Well, and, and the other part, but, but and I'm going to take this out of this uh, documentary for a second. And this is why, to me, sometimes I get irritated. And I actually have had a few conversations in the past week with people uh, online that I, I respect and I admire. And I admire our conversations. And actually, I didn't answer someone back yesterday because I knew I was going to have this conversation. And I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't have anything creep in back and forth. Listen, to the equivalence, there is no equivalent. We can't make an equivalent. But a conversation, and then we talk about having the conversation. And then I hear other black people say, don't ask me. You got to educate yourself. This is a tough, this is a tough stretch because a lot of people aren't going to understand it because they don't have the capability. And you could say, I could Google it. Yeah, you could Google it. You can read about it. To have the conversation and to listen, and this is what the key part is for white folks that have to listen, not think about what you want to say next, to actually listen and sit there and hear it, but it needs to be told. It needs to be told from black people to white people when the right atmosphere is possible to do that in. Because as I listen to him and what he's saying, he's weaving, damn, Obama is just weaving through this. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, damn, man, how does he? And I, and I, and like I said, I knew it was light what he gave, what he gave white, the, the, the white perspective, but the balance, the way to structure that, the way to bring people in, the way to communicate so that they stop thinking about what they have to say next and start listening. Right. It's the most important place you can get to because at that place is where conversation actually starts yelling and screaming at each other back and forth. We can do. We can do that all day long. Listening. Jesus. I, dude, There, I, I want to speak better because listen to him speak and the eloquence in which he has a conversation. I want to hear more. Right. Um, I was trying to pull up something. Uh, fuck. I was trying to pull up something before I get into this. Uh Dyson part of it because uh, I know there are actual quotes because I always say he has been quoted as saying such but I never really give the actual quotes and I'm trying to look it up and I'm, I'm having trouble doing that but fuck it let me get back to on point 
So at this, whatever this black meeting was that they showed where it was a, a, a round table and if there was Dyson, it was Cornel West, some other black dignitaries. Farrakhan was there. And when Dyson was making the point, you could see Farrakhan slapping the table like, yes, brother, say it. So Dyson with passion goes, you know, Obama doesn't seem to want to talk about race. Abraham Lincoln had to deal with race. Lyndon B. Johnson had to deal with race. All these other white presidents dealt with race. Why are you the only president that doesn't want to deal with race? And they cut to Cornell West standing over Dyson, hugging him, bear hugging him, like, calm him down, calm down, brother. And I reject that. And that pissed me off because I'm sitting here going, for you to be so smart, come on, man, don't do that. First of all, let's stop the myth, this myth that exists that Lincoln freed the slaves because he liked niggas. He did not. He was racist. He is quoted. You could look it up as saying, and I'm paraphrasing, black people are not equal to white people. If it were up to him, we would remain slaves. The only reason why he freed us was to save the fucking union. So why black people keep Peyton Lincoln out to be this historic motherfucker that loved niggas when that wasn't the case? Matter of fact, most white presidents did not like black people. Lyndon Johnson, who signed the civil rights bill into effect, was actually, and in the movie, I think it was Selma, they had him on record calling black people niggas. It was a very common word used around the White House at that time. Yes, and here's the thing. Those white presidents have the luxury of being able to deal with race because the reality is, no matter what they've done in favor of us, no matter how much it may piss racist white America off that white presidents freed the slaves or signed the civil rights bill into effect or done anything beneficial to us. No matter what that feeling is, there's no consequences and repercussions for those actions. Meaning there will be another white president guaranteed. No matter how much racist white America might go, man, I'm pissed that this white president did something to benefit niggas. It don't matter. There's going to be another white president. There will be hundreds. If Obama deals with race the way, again, you want him to, that potentially closes the door for future black presidents. Now, will there come a time where we can somehow work around that, defeat that, bust through that? I certainly hope so. And I believe being optimistic we will. But for to be the first, you got to walk different. And America has always proven the rules for us are different. There's always been a different set of rules. True equality will be a day when we don't have those separate rules. But until then, historically, that's always been the case. And if the goal is to get into history books and say we've had the first black president, he can't he's not white. He can't deal with race the way Lyndon B. Johnson could, the way Lincoln could, the way Reagan could. He cannot. Why do you thick headed niggas don't understand this? Um, The thing that I thought was interesting about it is and I understood their point. I know you understood their point as well. And I understand what you're saying. But you do understand their frustration. Wholeheartedly. Okay. But but, but, but that's why I said early, Andy, if this was our 15th black president and we're still doing this, then it would be a different conversation. This is our first. He's got to take the hits. He's got to take the L's. Like with Jackie Robinson, Chadwick Boseman in the 41 movie. He's got to take the ball being thrown at his head. He's got to take the insults, the epithets being spat on because they're He's looking. He's got to take it. They're looking for him to make to, to become angry. Here's, here's yes. The, here's the here's the thing, though. And this is the part that makes me laugh because uh, I understood the frustration. The fact that you're saying 
Lincoln had to deal with race. So every president's had to deal with race. Why is this the only president that doesn't have to deal with race? Him being president was him dealing with race. Him being a black man as president was dealing with race every Hello. single moment of his presidency. And them, and for them not to understand that, or I'm sure that they understood it, for them to want what you're to your point, for them to want himself to take him to a, a level that would make this path different or difficult or almost impossible for the next black president. Because it couldn't just be a one-sided issue. Because then it would have been, he can't, it would have been, as you just said, the Jackie Robinson idea. He did, Barack, he he swam through this the most efficient that I think anybody could have been. I really do. I did not give him credit for this before, but I really do believe that now. Uh, Because I saw it from my side. I didn't see it from uh, the black perspective. And what he was going through from the black side as well as the white side. Yeah, I I just, you know, listen, and I'm one of those people, you know, Patrice joked about it on Elephant in the Room when he said, you know, I thought it was going to be Vengeance Day. I thought I was going to have a white slave by now. And I know Patrice is joking, but I think there are a lot of black people that felt like, yeah, here's the come up. We about to show white America. Yeah, get him, nigga. Like a pit bull off a chain. Sick him. That was never going to happen. So I think that what I would like to understand a little bit more is what exactly would the acceptable level. And and listen, there's a lot of things that I know that Obama, I wish would have been changed already and that Obama was there and it didn't get done. But what is it that they were looking? What is it that exactly that they would have wanted? And I'm asking you as a black man, what would you, you know, sign some some legislation that deals with the police, you know, sign some bills into effect that do X, Y, and Z. Okay. And that's the part where I go, well, how much did the Republican side of things and the Congress that was against him play a part in that Uh, and not allowing him to do those things? It, it, it provided a huge part. Now, when, when you, the things that I, there are things that I wish you would have got done in, in, in put more forth into in legislating these, but he attacked this also from another area uh, where, when at the, in part one, uh, I think it's part one where Cornell West asked him where, where he sits with Martin Luther King, the movement. Like where with the move does he see things like Martin Luther King did? Is that right? Yeah. Do you remember what part I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he said, "Yeah, he sees that." Obama, I think, looked at things to attack from the poor and disadvantaged more than a racial divide. And the reason I'm saying that is the uh, Obamacare, the the Affordable Care Act. It, it, it has been tried to, I think in there they say by seven different presidents, and there was other presidents that brought it up before. And when you talk about being the first, this is a hell of a challenge to what he took on to get that done. And I also, this was a, this was a, a thing that I didn't like, uh, that I held against Obama's presidency was the Affordable Care Act. Uh, because it wasn't complete. It was put in place. And it had a lot of issues. As I've read more and learned more, he knew that when he put it out. He knew that it would have to be fixed. But the important part was to get it to be part, to get it out, to become part of America so that it could be uh, fixed, worked on, enhanced. But it would take care of uh, of people that needed health care. Um, I, I, I think Obama really, as, I, as I'm watching more of this, as, I, as we go through this, I think that he looked at it from that perspective in a lot of different, a, a lot of times when America was looking at it from a black and white perspective on both sides, black and white. And uh, again, another reason why I was like, damn, he's, this is a better president than I thought. Tanishi Coates said, and I love when he said this, because again, I, I'm sorry folks, if I'm repeating myself, but, 
but or trying to look like I'm patting myself on the back. But I made these points. So to hear other respectable, prominent black people make them, I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not alone. When Tanisha Coates said Obama catches a lot of flack, and I've heard so many, and this was one of the arguments that I got into with black people on Instagram and social media. Man, we can't get caught up in cultural symbolism. So what? And Tanisha Coates goes, you know, catches a lot of fact for his presidency is often dismissed as symbolic. But people often underestimate the power of symbolism. Yeah. That shit's important, man. You know, when 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 Obama gave his victory speech and mentioned the black woman who was 109 years old, who cast her ballot for the first black president who had seen all of that shit. And he goes, I forget what he said, but she was only so many generations removed from slavery. That's important. When I've seen those photos of young black boys in the fucking White House, whether it was the boy who was touching Obama's hair when he bent over so he could do so, whether it was countless black kids who had been to the White House who wouldn't have been there any other time, certainly when Lord Vader was in office, when they showed how Obama towards the end of his run in his final days, how many Concerts he held, shows he held with black entertainers showing black excellence and black pride at the White House, chilling. You didn't see that when Lord Vader was in office. The only time you saw a group of niggas around Trump is when he needed them as a tool to go, see, I like you niggas. Look, I'm surrounded by you for a photo op. Obama legitimately had black culture and black renaissance and black excellence represented at the White House. When the fuck have we ever gotten that opportunity? And, and that, when that, the fuck will we get that opportunity again? Wake up, niggas. You simple-minded niggas make me sick. And, and that is uh, actually discussed in there how, how it shows uh, that he used, they said, the architecture of the White House to show black excellence. Uh, one of the other things that gets missed in there that was said as well, and I think this is great, is is if you were a five year old kid born when Obama was took his presidency, that meant you were thirteen years old. So you're you're five when you when Obama takes his presidency, and you don't remember anything before five really. And you're thirteen years old, and you never seen anything else but a black. I remembered president. my first piece of pussy at five. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. That's called rape, uh, <laughs> and that's how I get pussy. <laughs> Uh, it, it, uh, but that, that's, that is so important to the psyche of youth that when you grow up black or white, the president of the United States for your whole childhood is black. What is that? How does that inform your idea of what blackness is in America? And, and again, and I said this after I saw the, uh, um, I forgot the play that I saw. Ah, fuck it. Don't even worry about it. It's not even about this, but it's just about, you're right. Symbolism is uh, important to this. It, it, it's, it's worth, it's worth talking about. It's worth being, this is what America is. It, it's symbolism. They, they put presidents on rocks in fucking on in Indian reservations. So on Indian land, I should say. So, uh, yeah, symbolism is, is part of America, and it's very important. So uh, that should not get past anybody. I, I want to tip my hat to Key and Peel because I never really realized how amazing that character was. Oh, the, yeah. The Luther, the translator. Yeah. That has to be one of the most genius fucking characters ever. How do we express what we know this nigga wants to express, but he can't? What a fucking genius character. Yeah, that was exceptional, actually. I, 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 yeah, I I would like, I would like, that's one of those, I wish I thought of that. I would like them to make the character a little cooler, though. Cooler? What what do you mean? (laughs) Like a more, more, yeah, the more like shaft like. No. I, I, I think he needed to be what he was. You like ghetto. that character? Yeah. Okay. Yes, because he had to release all of 
the built up frustration of what he couldn't say and had to endure all the bullshit. If he would have been Shaft, he would have just been Obama without the leather. <laughs> Obama was already cool. He was cool. He didn't need to be cooler. Uh, Here's where I go. Some of the mistakes that Obama made when they mentioned the Shirley Chirac story. Yeah. And how his administration fired her for something that was taken out of context. And, and I wish he would have, you know, I think, I think he, I think he flinched and I think he, he went for the bait too quickly. I wish he would have took his time and investigated that. Well, uh, to that point, though, and I'm not going to I guess the bus, the buck stops the president. But we don't know exactly how that went down. And if it was removed, if she was removed even before he knew about it. Uh, I thought it was impressive that he was later that week said that this is not what she deserved. And he basically took ownership of that situation. But did she get her position back? I don't know. I don't think she got her position back. See, he should have he should have went as far as to make sure she got her position back. I'm sure that there was something to do. I'm sure that she was taken care of somehow. I, I would just believe that uh, if the president of the United States backtrack backtracks on it and says that she should she should have never been treated that way, I'm sure that there was more that went on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But uh, again, that's me assuming something. I just assume I, I just don't think a president says it that way, and nothing happens for that person. Uh, but the way he came back at it within that week, um, that that was that's not what president. I, I've not seen presidents do that in the past. So. You know, he could he could easily he could easily said uh, and he, he said and and on my administration as well. He said that he could easily said it happened because the um, who her immediate supervisor was. He had the right to remove her immediately. So he could have put it on that office. Right. And uh, that goes back, you know, when we started this about what the Clintons and what I liked about the Clintons, Clintons didn't take ownership of anything. They would always just fire the people and all of those people would take the ownership of everything that went wrong. Obama let it come all the way to his his administration. He stopped short of saying it was on his desk. He just said his administration. So right. um, as much as, as as much as that you wish that he would have done some more investigation, I think there was a lot of stuff to make sure that uh, – People were doing things. I thought. I think. I don't. I. I I'm. I'm conjecture. I'm not going to do this because I'm. I'm just thinking out loud, and I don't need to do that. I, I thought he handled it. I, I. I think he did make a mistake, but I thought he handled it well. I thought it was funny when the when the when the, when the barber that cut Obama's hair was asked by a reporter, "Does he cut his hair to appear white?" And the barber said, "How do you do that? that? Yeah, how do you do that? Um, do you think that?" Obama's pastor's remarks were incendiary. And before you answer, again, I know where the pastor was coming from. I know where he was coming from. But let's be honest. Anytime a black man raises his voice and you combine truth with it, it scares white America. You just you basically just gave my answer. Do I think it was incident? No, I don't. But do I think that it could have been misinterpreted? And do I think it could have been used against him? Definitely. I think it de- and they did anyway. They used it against Obama anyway. Right. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was all over with with, with re quoting and putting out the quotes and you know partial quotes and and again when it doesn't come with context and. You know, the 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 past, this the America's original sin. Uh, what comes with that is, is when it's never dealt with, it's it festers, and it doesn't just fester in the idea of who who suffered from it, but it's festering in white people where they can't even hear about it without freaking out, without having a having an overreaction, and. It eventually has to come to. There's some terms that have to happen with this. Some something has to come about this. Uh, I I just like as we go back, and the reason I'm saying this is just because how he navigates this festering in this country is 
it's brilliant because it's almost like a, it's almost like a, when we watch this, it was movie esque in the way that he handles some of these things. There is a few right. mistakes, but the overall, the big picture, the thing that's hanging on the wall, the, the our, our country and and how we work and our social aspect of our country. Man, I don't I don't know how he did this shit. Like it's when you said leprechaun, it was that's a good analogy. <laughs> You know, I don't want to get off topic, but but to you a little bit to your point, when you when again, it always kills me the hypocrisy of white America when it's you know don't raise your voice, don't speak a certain way, don't do a third a certain thing. You don't want to scare white folks. And I remember I was watching last night that movie which I've seen a million times, which I love, Men of Honor, with uh, Robert De Niro and Cuba Gooding, where he plays the first or wants to be a Navy diver. And I forget exactly, but De Niro said something to the point. And I've heard this in a lot of racial movies. You know, you black people doing this and you're doing that, making it hard for decent white folk to live. Decent white folk. You mean the motherfuckers that put laws in place for niggas to be treated unequally and 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 suffer through police brutality and segregation and 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 violence and blood? Decent white folk. Like, where do you get your fucking balls? You know, and I, I, I just get this thing of whether it's Jeremiah Wright or whether it's whatever they choose to be scared about. Your fear about towards us when, again, historically, you've given us every reason to be afraid. And then you cap it off with making it hard for decent white folk. Decent white folk. Who are these motherfuckers you speak of? Well, okay, but, but let's do this though a little bit though, because this is something that I'm having some issues with as I'm as I'm doing this, and you can correct me because maybe I maybe I'm missing a bigger point. And I've always said you don't have to say some white people this white, you know, uh, if you're if you're if you're not one of them, we know. But uh, we got an email from someone the other day, uh, and, and at the end of his email is like, "Why do white people hate us so much?" And and. Mm. and there was a frustration factor. I saw that. You, you know which one I'm talking about then? Yeah. And I, and, and I didn't answer it back. And the reason I didn't answer it back is I wanted to I wanted to bring this up to you. And I knew we were going to have this conversation. So I thought this might be a, an appropriate time. Is what do you mean by white people? And, and, and this is where we all become the same. And in, in this, if I said they, you know how they are. <laughs> but when if I said all black people are. But when you say white people, if you do, if when you do your African American studies, you really in those studies you find that African Americans in this country, blacks in this country, are, are truly can't be racist. They can have bigot, bigoted thoughts, but they can't be racist because they haven't had it by definition. By definition, because they can't take advantage of the economic system that was laid Paul out. Mooney used to say that all the time. Okay. So if that's true, if that's true, then when you you don't have to use whites, why wouldn't you use racist? Why do these racists hate us? Because when you say white, what is that? What's the natural reaction of someone? Racist or not? Because if I said blacks, that would be the reaction. And this is where we're coming to this place where we're, we're doing the same things to each other now. And there is a point where black America can be racist because as, as the structural and the economy changes, racism will be able to take place. So my question is, why, why at this point, though, is it white people hate us? Because I, I read that and I was like, I, I, I don't have hatred I think sometimes in the heat of the passion, and as Cornell West said, the black rage. Yeah. We speak quickly and we speak instinctively and loudly. And we might not mean all white people, but in the in the heat of the moment, we feel like these white motherfuckers, man. And I, even though we don't mean all white people, we a lot of us don't stop to say some because, goddamn, 
I just turned on the TV. Here's another report of another black man being killed. Here's some other shit that black people are going through. Here's some other shit where we being discriminated against. God damn it. Why these white people? But you my, get caught up. I get that. But how if, if we want the gap to be bridged, how do we do that? Because you can't push. You can't push people away by saying, and listen, I, I, I already know. I already hear it. I can feel it. I can feel it. But even having this conversation the way I'm having, you don't have the right to say that because you have this history. You have this. I get that. But if we want to come together, how does that happen when that is constantly the dividing line? Because otherwise it is racist people. It is racist. What you could say race. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to tell anybody to change their the way that they want to fucking ex- exercise their passion for something. I just, I just looked at it. And when I, when I saw him say that, I was like, do you really go outside and think that every white person is against you? And, and if you do feel that way, how well, are we ever no, going to get past this? No, 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 no. And that would be ludicrous. It would be ludicrous. But is there moments in that rage, in the black rage, the anger where you feel like you have nowhere to turn? If you, if you ended up on a street, and it was in uh, whatever corner of corner. And my son said something very interesting about this to me today, uh, yesterday. But if you were if you were able, if you ended up in an all white neighborhood, would you feel like you had no? But you you would be so insecure of where to go. I mean, that's a tough that's a tough question. And my my son, my son who's a barber, he went uh, to school. That's he went to barber school in a pretty much black and and Latino area, and. Uh, one of the guys said, man, you'll never understand what it's like to be black and, and, and go to Scottsdale and be uh, and, and it's all black. I mean, it's all white and you will never understand that feeling. And then my son said, well, you're never going to understand what the feeling of being white and being here on Thomas and 48th Avenue. And then some of the, the guy went, yeah, I guess I wouldn't understand that either. So we all have our, our, our place that we were at of uncomfortability. How do we get comfortable? Because isn't isn't the goal to be comfortable? Isn't the goal to be feel have some security and feel good about your neighbor that they're watching out for you, you're watching out for them, and we're all good together? I don't know. And the reason I'm saying this, I watched Obama be attacked from the from the left and from the right, from his own party, from blacks in his party to whites in the opposite party to whites in his own party, and he navigated this, but. We're not all Obama. How do we get to the place where in his mentality where we can go, this is how we, we're going we're gonna to navigate this? Because that, 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 that thought process is the only way we get there. I hear you. I agree. But that's why he's I, you know, amazing. I, that's why I finally come to the conclusion. Dude, that's what I'm telling you. Like, I know people hear me say this and go, man, you on Obama dick. You love him as much as you love Jordan because I understand how tough in terms of what this nigga had to go through and the fact that you can't even lean on your own people for support. Man, that's disheartening. That's really disheartening. You know, let let me, let me, there was a note where, where at one point and now in, in terms of perspective, this really put it in perspective for me. Again, how 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 the the political pundits on the right and on TV and and we always talk about the media. Someone mentioned the media. How you know the biggest controversy was the tan suit, and Glenn Beck said, and they showed the clip where he goes, "I really believe Obama had a hatred for white people." What a fucking reach! At what point? Did you get that notion? I, listen, I don't think that Farrakhan is, is this evil black man who hates white people. And again, when you when you listen to a lot of what he says and where he's coming from, I understand where he's coming from. And I and I respect the minister. Now, as far as the anti-Semite and some of the Jewish jargon, I'm going to stay out of that. But my point is, from the outside looking in, you might be able to look at Farrakhan or listen to Farrakhan. And like I said, anytime a a well-educated 
And Farrakhan don't even raise his voice. But anytime a black man speaks a certain amount of truth, there is a white fear that takes over. At no point do you look at Obama and go, I associate white fear with him. Based on what? This is the most easygoing, smooth nigga in the world. If, if he were an alcoholic beverage, this nigga would be a, 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 a cooler. What they call them shits. Like almost children drink. A, a cooler, a spring cooler. Oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. A fruit punch, whatever. A fruit punch. Like this nigga goes down easy. What, 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 what is it? What, what is it that he's done to give you an idea that, and this is why I go, the, the media is bugging. Because when you sit there and you look at Trump now and everything that he entailed and everything that he did, you really get a sense of how petty and racist the media was. It is. But here, but let me, let's do this though. Because you, you, because of what you just said, white people don't need an aggressive black person to feel uncomfortable because of exactly what Farrakhan said. Farrakhan, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase it. And this is why, like, I have respect for Farrakhan. And even though I, I don't agree with a lot of his stance, I think that he can be very divisive, but he speaks a lot of truth. And the truth is, White America's fear is that if black people came to power, they would do to your family. Your, I, I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what it was, but basically, you would do. We would. Black America would do. Uh, black America came to power. Blacks would do to whites what whites had done to blacks in the past. Basically, is the is the setup. He said he articulates it way better than that. But that's 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 the fear. That's always going to be the fear until we ever figure out how to have the, it, it, we fucking take care of the original sin. And it's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. It, it, it can't, it can't go away. It can't go away because it was never, it, it has never been dealt with. Let me ask you this. And I know how you feel about Biden. And I, and I, and like I said, I think, when it came down to it, Trump being reelected or Biden being elected, even though a lot of black people may have had their issues with Biden, it was about the lesser of two evils. Let's just get Trump the fuck out of there. Even though we don't really love Biden that much, hit between the two, he's better. So my question to you is this. Instead of, well, let's say uh, we know it's legally impossible for Obama to have run a third term. But let's just say if he could, after Trump had been in office four years, if Obama said, you know what? I ran two terms. I see what Trump is doing. I got to step in and save the country. I'm going to run a third time, a, a third term, and I'm going to go up against Trump. If you for all the black people that go, Obama didn't do shit for us and they might not feel the way about him that they initially felt. Do you think that if Obama could have run a third term up against Trump after four years in, Obama could have beat him knowing that there may have been a lot of black people who went, I ain't fucking with that nigga. He ain't do shit for us. Um, honestly, <laughs> I, I and, and this is no respect to the black community. No, no disrespect to the black community. I think Obama could have run again and won without the black community's vote. Really? Yeah. Against Trump? Yeah. So you think that all I, I, other minorities I'm, I'm and white a, people... I'm being a little bit dramatic about it. I mean, obviously, you would want black votes. I'm not saying every black person stayed home and no one voted for him. I'm saying without the black community going, we're all voting for Obama today. Like they did before. Yeah. I said, I think he'd still win. I, I think the, Trump, the the backlash to Trump and the fact that there was, a, that there was proof. Obama had proof of what he could do. Right. And America didn't look bad at that time. But you don't think the the distaste that a lot of black people have for Obama because they feel he didn't do anything would have hindered oh, his no, chances of winning again? I think that would have dissipated completely. They, I, you know, because, you know, this is, again, we speak in hyperbole a little bit. We, we over dramatic, we, we become over dramatic with things. We, uh, 
when someone says he didn't do anything for us, do you really think they mean he didn't do anything for us? Or do you think that they, Hey man, Hey man, listen, I've gone to war with, with black people on Instagram and social media, the same way I go to war about Jordan versus LeBron. There are black people that stick that fucking landing hard. Everything from fuck Obama. He ain't shit. He didn't do shit. I mean, they hatred nigga. I think that that is is the minor as a very my, small minority. I I just don't think that there's anybody who can say that he didn't do shit. And you could say that he didn't do. Uh, I think that the, the, the fucking notion of that is so fucking preposterous. Because you, because again, are you are you meaning again? I know legislation bills in place. You know, black people go. Uh, well, Biden did that about the Asian community and the assaults. But, you know, oh, Obama signed laws in place for the transgenders and the gays. So why couldn't he do that for us? That's one of the that was one of the main points made. The stuff to police to, to stop the police from killing us. I mean, there's some restructuring issues. I don't know that you can do it from, from that particular. I, I don't think that you do it from uh, as the as the president. That's that's up to the Congress. I mean, the president has an agenda, and that should have been hit. That there's certain things that he could have got to. You there's some certain things it. that I wish that he could have done just more. Said it, the Congress. Yeah, you just said it. And again, let's follow the trail, McCullough. We're going to make sure he fails. We're going to. And, and if you got a white dude like McCullough, McCullough, am I saying it right? No. McConnell. What is it? Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Yeah. If you got a white dude that hell bet on seeing this black man's uh, success never come into fruition. You think that he's going to want to do anything to stop cops from killing niggas? You think he's going to want to do anything to see black people as a whole succeed when he don't even want this singular black man to succeed? Black people, wake the fuck up. What are you doing? That's uh, why. And again, I said this before to all the right wing white men who stood by Trump's side and supported him through thick and thin, through fucking betrayal, through through collusion with Russia. You want me to throw this nigga under the bus? You want me to throw Obama under the bus? When they stick together? I'm not doing it! I'm going to make this last point, and this is my last note. (laughs) Uh, Towards the end of part three, they show where Obama put in place what was called Launch of My Brother's Keeper Initiative which focused on helping young black teenage boys. What Obama do for us? What Obama do for us? Wake up, niggas! This man is helping young black boys be men. The fuck do you want? What Obama do for us? You niggas can never be pleased. This nigga was damned if he did, damned if he didn't. Damn for sure about a white Congress and a fucking white Republican and damn by his own fucking people. What'd he do for us? You simple-minded niggas make me sick. And look at his accomplishments. How the fuck you think black people didn't benefit from that? We needed health care, didn't we? We lost, no, we lost loved ones on 9-11, didn't we? Firefighters, policemen, people in the buildings. He took out Bin Laden. If he gave those black families closure, we didn't benefit from that. How many countless women of color he put in powerful positions? Look it up. The fuck you niggas talking about? That make me sick. We can't stand behind each other. Am I my brother's keeper? We refuse to back each other. That's why we stay where we at. Sorry. I, there was a moment I almost Geronimo out of there, but uh, you brought it back around. Stay in this shit. What do you do for us? 
The uh, first nigga ever. This is a fucking baton race, not a sprint. He can only go so far. Then he has to hand it to the next one who will take it further and so forth and so on. That's how this works. Well, I, 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 I'm not, I can't, obviously I'm not going to go where you went in this. Uh, there is one thing I'd like, because I, I, you asked me about Mitch McConnell and then, so I gave you the right one. You said something earlier, it might've been on the first episode, but you said, uh, Jackie Robinson, you, you associated with number 41. He's 42. I just didn't want anybody to call us out on that one. Mm. Um, this is the thing guys. And this is how I, I look at it. And, and you know what I felt, I, I felt good watching <laughs> Obama, because I like his thought process and I feel like mine is similar. And I, I think what happens is, and I wish I could do the cadence. I can do the cadence. I can't do the voice. Uh, but uh, just, just, uh, just concentrate on the white side of you. Yeah. Uh, which is the right side, which she'll tell the black side what to do. Yeah. Anyway, we can't rewrite the past. We need to remember the past so that we don't repeat it, but our eye has to be on the future. And that's what I saw in Obama. He could, and, and in his in his short time as president, he couldn't rewrite the wrongs. There was no way he could. There was no way that he could because his first, his first four in office was spent fixing what was wrong. A, a collapsed economy and trying to get health care for people. I mean, that's a hell of an agenda. Those two alone are more than most presidents will do in eight years. I, I have newfound respect for him. I, this was set up. I mean, I'm going to say this. I still I still have issues. I have issues that no bankers were brought to justice. I have some issues on some other things that we didn't even bring up in this. And that, um, we don't have to get into it right now. This, But this, this documentary was made to see Obama in a certain way and also show his difficulty in navigating who Obama is. Utmost respect. I, I mean, he's still not my favorite president. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know who my favorite president is. I'm hoping that they come within my lifetime because I don't have a favorite. I'm hoping that I get one in the next few years. But he's up there and he, he, did, he did his job. And, I, and, and when you say, what did he do for us? Uh, I'm going to say what he did. I'm going to use his words, what he did for the United States. He changed our perception and we almost had a a president come back and change our perception around the world completely back again. There's some things that he did in in his wartime activities uh, that I don't agree with. But I watched Trump who wanted to be this hard ass president and in his wartime, not any better. I, I don't know what to say as far as how we rectify anything, but I saw a man who had a vision for what America's future was going to be, not what he didn't do, but what he did do and what he saw America was going to be. And half the people that say what he didn't do, what, how do you see the future? Not rectifying just the past. How do you see the future? Where do you want the future to go? And if you don't see that he was on a mission to go somewhere, in a, in a direction that benefit all of America, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what that means, and, and still, why I have respect for Obama, massive respect, and even more now. <clears throat> so I'm going to be done right there because I have nothing else to say. Uh, I got out what I what I didn't like that he didn't do. I, I wish he would have been a little. I wish he would have given America's uh, military uh, a little bit of a break since they were out there trying to. Uh, he, he had a tough, that was tough for him though, too. There were some mistakes that happened, but he made it very difficult on the military. And I have a lot of people that are in the military that I know and my own personal family. And he, he didn't make it easy, but he had a, he had a perception of the world that he had to take on too. So I, I don't know that those are two things that st- it stick with me with him, but uh, that special was something else. And I thought he really navigated it well. And at the end, I think what you brought up Aries, when you said uh, if he could have run again, uh, when you listen to people scream, and I remember people saying it four more years for him, uh, that was something that people said a lot because no one wanted the next step. And the next step had to happen. And uh, 
the only thing we didn't get into that I would have liked to is uh, uh, Hillary being that to follow him. Just uh, no, I don't want to get into this because this. this I will say this: another episode when Hillary was running uh, against Trump and Obama came out and her support during the DNC and gave his speech. And then they ended it playing Stevie Wonder's Signed, Sealed, Delivered. And she came out and they hugged. It just felt like she wanted to fuck him. It <laughs> felt like she wanted to give him some pussy, nigga. Like he, again, the smoothness. He's lean. He's good looking. He had the suit on. He gave a great speech. Signed, Sealed, Delivered by Stevie Wonder's playing. They hugged. They embraced. Bill was looking like, uh, she's going to fuck him. I, I just, it just, it, it, it. What a smooth motherfucker. I'm not saying he can't do no wrong because, like I said, he made some mistakes. But given what he was up against, given the the, 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 the gravity of the moment. And again, like Tanisha Coates said, and I agree, symbolism matters. And the fact that. Matter of fact, I was watching something where they were talking about how and they showed the clips of both Bush and Trump. How these motherfuckers be struggling saying certain words, mispronounce certain words, their ability to articulate, be choppy. Again, imagine if Obama was like that, mispronouncing words, saying fucked up shit, couldn't articulate. That would feed right into the symbolism of stereotypes. Told you these niggas can't talk. Look at them. I bees. I does. <laughs> well, I'm going to say CD wood. What he? But this nigga was a Harvard graduate, nigga. One of the most expensive Ivy League schools. Super intelligent, sophisticated, smooth. One of the smartest presidents we've ever had. Good looking, charismatic, beautiful smile. Accomplished a lot. One of the most popular. How as a black man in America do you dismiss that cultural symbolism? Because if he was the opposite of all that, we never would have heard the end of it. So that's all I'm saying. Come on, man. This nigga was the Billy D. Williams of presidents, black presidents. <laughs> Stop it. All right. I will announce... Uh, we are in Buffalo this week while you're listening to this, uh, and we will be in Chicago at Schaumburg in Schaumburg at the Chicago Improv. Sweet uh, home, Chicago. The following week on the 19th, 20, 21st, and 22nd. Get your tickets now. As always, thank you. Love you guys. Uh, please keep listening. Please keep supporting Spearsburg Pod. Everything. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, whatever else um, coming up next. And again, if you're a brand new listener, uh, thank you. Uh, start from the beginning. Don't disservice yourself. Understand the origins, understand the, the development, the growth. Uh, you'll, you'll be better for it. Um, real quick, <clears throat> Andy, I hope we can do this, especially since we're, we're, we're doing these, you know, back to back part one, part two, Obama. It'd be great. If next Wednesday, uh, I told you I, I'd, I'd love for you to check out that CNN special, The Art of the Sitcom, where they go through all the sitcoms from the 50s up until current day. And they do different topics, you know, what it was yeah. to have the, the, the emergence of the uh, black sitcom and what that meant, you know, uh, race and sitcom. It, a lot of things sitcom, but it'd be great if we could make this nice and fun again. Since we've gone, yeah, a uh, hardcore over these last two weeks. All right, um, coming up, mute. Okay, go, go ahead, go ahead. Go, come, who's coming up? All right, coming up. This is Tamina from Tamina Productions. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Let me see. Look, Hollywood. I'm smiling. Has always been has me rolling. I'm a third generation entertainer from Las Vegas. Below are two songs from my mixtape. And remix I did of Deep Cover. Um, Stellar Win, Lay Low, Deep Cover. Let's play the Deep Cover remix. Socials um, <clears throat> is 
Insta at Dirty World Champ, D-I-R-T-Y-W-O-R-D-C-H-A-M-P. Facebook at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-V-A-S-L-O. And Twitter at T-M-P-T-I-L-L-I-D-I-E. Deep Cover Remix. Enjoy. Not everything that's said was true Divide and conquer, drive a wedge between me and you I've cops popping off runs at high noon Top notch, watch my draw, I don't run, fool Never had, bet your ass, my better half is steady fast Back in a Hellcat, on path to stack racks of cash Grab ain't nothing new to me and the missus We a dream team and run a game on these bitches Still cruising around Vegas banging, what's the difference? Hard to play the game, don't believe it for an instant What can I say, but we got natural instinct Put you in your place like GSP to Bisping My rights are never Way my cats have never came Bypassed the better days All cats sweeter taste If I ever bond out End up on Moscow Start again Got a hundred K Underneath Ma's house Fine dime reside Up in the dollhouse Y'all matter what I made Up for y'all's doubt Another new best call up Is a call out Watch what they do, it's a tall drink to take down War on drugs, false facts, make it fake now Fucking blind, full blown, defines on these beats Us against them, what's connected by the screens If you feel that, my dirty words hurt October 25th, dirty word search Is the way to pass the J and view my vision Pre-order that bitch, and crash the system